Hey there, zookeepers. It's one of your Hollywood kaiju bad boys, Martin. We just had on special returning guest Tyler Jackson, who's a very talented comedian, and also just a good friend of all of ours, who was kind enough to share in the burden of discussing the 2003 live-action Cat in the Hat movie. And ooh, boy, is it a ride. Uh, as always, if you enjoy this podcast, give us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. It's incredibly helpful. Uh, if you've got any questions or comments, uh, you can email us directly at podzuki at gmail.com or tweet at us at podzuki. We'll read it on air, uh, literally anything you send us live on an episode. So uh, go ahead and do that. Anyway, uh, intro. To Ghidra, what is Ghidra's? Ten to one, he sees you through a beaker and a tweezers. Read the fine print and be like, what's the big deal? Spun wheels of steel since broke wheel, big wheel. Back when it was greasy ass curl, now it's easy dread. Had a rhyme on how they used to tease him about his peasy head. Yes, yes, y'all, to the beat. Hey everyone, welcome to Podzuki, America's favorite touch kitchen. Uh, we're here to talk about everyone's um, desserts that they're working on. All the smoothies they're putting in a big old blender and drinking. Um, and there's that guy who started Milk Street, which I can't believe is the name of a real show. <laughs> I'm just joshing. It's Podzuki. It's it's about bad movies and monster movies. And we get both of them today in a really terrible, audacious way. Uh, I'm one of the kaiju Hollywood bad boys, Brand Kirkman. I'm, and I just heard a cat uh, meow. <laughs> I'm another one of your Hollywood kaiju bad boys, Luke Evans Flip. And that probably was a cat's meow or maybe a door creaking. Oh, Ooh, maybe both. I'm I'm your third Hollywood kaiju bad boy. Also wondering about this cat door hybrid. Oh my god, who's this we've got over here? We, everyone, give it up for our special guest, Tyler Jackson. Hey, it's me, special guest Hollywood kaiju bad boy Tyler Jackson, and the cat you're hearing is coming from my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Hell nice. yeah! Cats. Cool. Well, cat cats are oh. actually uh, apropos what we're talking about yeah. tonight we uh i got a cat brandon it was your uh, brandon this. it was your idea to watch this movie why don't you describe the movie we watched today okay so 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 hmm. in the year 2001 i was a freshman in high school and whenever the holidays would come around uh instead of student or you know teachers teaching their students uh, what they would do is they would put on like that week of Christmas, uh, The Grinch, Ron Howard's 2000 The Grinch, dynamite film. Everybody loved it. And everybody was saying, we got to follow up this movie magic with yet another live action Dr. Seuss property. And that's when they made The Cat in the Hat starring Mike Myers. I had never seen this film. It always looked so awful to me. And then a clip of it showed up on YouTube on my Twitter feed. And it was like walking into a nightmare. And I'm like, let's all suffer together. Um, that's why we're here. That's beautiful, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you. Suffering is is, is right. I I don't think we've watched any movie before that I felt so physically disgusted over. <laughs> in parts. Yeah. If if this it's was awful. like a shock jock radio show, you could like drop right in there, like a clip of of like Alice Cooper saying. <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll probably do that yeah, yeah, it actually yeah. does sound really fun I, there's a few things we need to talk about before we start this movie because the wikipedia had some wild facts about this do you guys did you read up on this who was originally going to be starring in the role of the titular cat in the head? oh yeah um Absolutely. tim allen <laughs> wait what <laughs> so funny to me that would make about can as you, much sense as you, the way the cat talks in the actual movie that got made so yeah <laughs> yeah jewish the cat in the hat is it, jewish proud <laughs> yeah. man, i want to say uh you know almost almost ascetic so <laughs> proud of his uh his heritage which is great you should always have that that proud upbringing wherever you come from in life and whatever country you might be from, you know, unless yeah. you're white, don't, don't be proud of <laughs> I'll, I'll, white. Also don't. another background thing from the movie that I think you see it there in the movie. Nobody wanted to make this movie. Oh no. Well, <laughs> I don't, I feel like, I feel like, let's say this Dakota Fanning, uh, one of the kids in this film, let's, we'll go through the cast here actually real quick. Dakota Fanning plays one of the kids. Uh, and then her brother's played by Spencer Breslin, who was a big kid actor at the time. Um, then you have Alec Baldwin's like dating their mom, who's just this really bad, I want to say walking nightmare of a person. Uh, we'll get into that as the movie goes. Um, She's an overworked single mother. You don't have to be that mean to her. 
Wow, way yeah. to respect the mem- way to disrespect the memory of uh, Kelly Preston there. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's uh, yeah. Is yeah, she, she died she last year. <laughs> oh, no, it's a bummer. Um, I mean, this is going to be so weird to bring up right after getting that fact. But another weird thing in this movie is everybody wants to fuck the mom. Everyone wants to have sex with their mom. It is so clearly stated by every character that is not. The I kids. mean, who who who, who other than the cat and Alec Baldwin wanted to fuck the mom? Uh, Mr. Hoopley Doop didn't want to fuck her. Oh, you didn't see that tension between them? He, there's a tension between <laughs> him and everybody because it was weird watching this movie for the first time in like a post-COVID world because you got Mr. What is the, his fucking name? Sean Hayes' character. Sean I, just I know Sean Hayes. Hoopley Doop. Uh, that sounds like a Dr. <laughs> yeah. Seuss name. That sounds so correct. It is some like made up Dr. Seuss thing they gave him, but like just having him being like obsessed with like washing your hands and having all the hand sanitizer delivered. That was kind of just <laughs> funny to see. Are, are either of you are either of you fans of the excellent podcast Hollywood Handbook? I have uh, I've only listened to an episode or two that were specifically recommended to me, but they were funny. One thing that's uh, I think always crazy to me is that the two hosts of it are Sean and Hayes, <laughs> um, which is their actual names. But it always it's so funny to me that together they make Sean Hayes for their name. That's their fusion dance. Uh, I don't know where he's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it's just I don't know. It's a funny fact that has nothing to do with this podcast or episode or does anything for anyone, but just it cracks me up every time I think about it. Uh I looked up I looked up his name That's by the it. way. It's Hank Humberflube. So Humberflube. You were pretty close. So I, I I wasn't far yeah. off. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. close. And he he's the owner of a real estate um, company. Yes. Yes. Humberflube real estate. Uh, but now saying that there was a tension maybe you didn't pick up maybe there's like a deleted scenes like listen i can't deal with germs but i'd love to get dirty with you sometime uh, <laughs> he, he is making her um, host his like office party at her house and if the yeah, house isn't immaculate which he's is going to fire her which is the set i guess the tension for the entire movie yeah and then like there's never a comeuppings for this man and i think that's really a great commentary on the modern american society where all the characters below him will suffer but with him being in a power position and a ceo of a company why would he ever have to pay for the crimes the the capitalist is not the villain it's the guy who was trying to be a freeloader off of a hard-working capitalist (laughs) is the villain yes it's the people it is the people who are evil who must be corralled by the great uh big government and money that uh goes behind it which is truly the capitalist <laughs> yeah we're we're pro we're pro libertarian <laughs> podcast now there, there, there were no i feel like uh, there were a lot of message in this movie about no more big government yeah i forgot about the weirdest line in the movie uh god bless him too another actor in this amy hill always love her she plays miss kwan which is just there to be a joke of being a fat woman that's asleep it's 2003 guys they weren't really thinking too hard about women or uh, people that are uh, not of normal shape or size to what we would have considered back then, which is not true. That's actually the average American is overweight. I, 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 I was thinking about um, that earlier today, like how like when you're a kid, you think Homer Simpson's fat, but then you're an adult and you're like, Homer Simpson's just like a normal guy. He's not fat. Yeah, fat. he's just everybody. <laughs> um, Frank Welker, of course, has to show up in this movie doing the voice of the dog, because why not? I, I feel like they he, he didn't up. even have to show up. They could have just taken like old recordings of him doing a dog bark and put it into the movie which is probably what they did i didn't even you have to assume right i they probably still have to pay him i didn't even realize yeah. that they like didn't just use normal dog sounds yeah i didn't realize like, that the dog either. doesn't talk really... or anything he just sounds like a dog <laughs> the only reason that i knew that it was frank wilker playing the dog was because when i would pa- i watched it on amazon and every time i paused it he was like one of the top billed uh, actors. Give you the old X-ray. Oh, that's so good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> guys! Look I good bought CGI. this movie because I didn't know it was apparently on Netflix. <laughs> oh, yeah, we want we we wanted to talk to you about that. First off, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. Well, I think what I, I watched it the first time when you first mentioned it, like over a month ago, and it, I don't think yeah. it was on Netflix then. Because I seem to remember checking for it on Netflix, and that which is why I rented it and assumed it wasn't. It, it it's some type of weird thing because they also at the end of the movie. I don't know if you guys stuck around after the credits. It said uh, 
uh, watch before it leaves all the way till April 30th. Could you imagine the audacity <laughs> of working at Netflix and after somebody's watched the entire Cat in the Hat movie putting, hey, you want to watch it again? You only got a few more days, buddy. That's That's, like, that's got to be an automated mes- message. No person could be that cruel. <laughs> I like to think the opposite, that there's no automated message and there's somebody working at Netflix that is the world's biggest Cat in the Hat 2003 Mike Myers film. I, film I, I did watch this movie three times. So, Why? Okay. Well, because I like uh, the first, the second. I watched okay? it the second time because it's been so long since I'd seen it the first time. <laughs> and I watched it again today because I don't know how much attention I was paying the other night because I, I was screwing around on my phone quite a bit. Why would you do that when you have a buffet of colors and visuals? <laughs> I mean, this is the one thing I do want to say off the bat: the the set design and the actual look of this movie, I think, actually is pretty. Great. Oh yeah, big fan. Um, I mean, it is it is a walking nightmare, but they they put so much effort and work into it. I have to I have to give props where props is due because the props in this film were great. Yeah, all all dingers today, man. It, it's <laughs> so very this movie me. looks like so, uh, oh, it, it's very uh, sorry. Please go ahead. reminiscent of uh, Edward Scissorhands, like the suburbia, like the brightly colored houses. Oh yeah, that oh, all definitely. look exactly I, the same. Also, the fact that like it had like it's clearly a superimposed sky. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the only reason they did that was because it was just so foggy in the, the actual place they were filming that they just had to replace <laughs> the sky. But uh, yeah, everything I would yeah. call, also call this Uncanny Valley the movie. <laughs> everything just looks so wrong. Everything's the color of <laughs> chewing gum for one for one thing. Oh yeah, like a Wrigley's double mint and gum, if you will. Yeah, even even uh, Alec Baldwin's car is like uh, the color of juicy fruit. Yeah, it's a uh, oh, man. There's I, I do really like the certain designs, like the house, of course, and then like the uh, office for Hubble Ford or whatever it's called. Fuck yeah. It. Um, <laughs> it, the, there's a lot of pieces where I actually did like, okay, I like this design, but it's just everything else running around inside of it is such a nightmare. I mean, we're going to spend a lot of time probably th- uh, talking about thing one and thing two. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But Ugh. we'll wait till well, we, we got oh, yeah. the, the setup for the movie is uh, what's the Kelly Preston's character's name? Joan, Joan Walden. Walden. Yeah, she my mommy. She has to throw a party tomorrow, and she's got these two kids. One, the little girl who's supposed to be fastidious and nerdy, but she kind of gets involved in the shenanigans pretty easily. And then her her yes. real son of a bitch son Conrad. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Let's be yeah. honest here. I mean, when he's made, when he's trying to make it so he can slide down the stairs, when he's opening the junk drawer, he rips the entire junk drawer out. And dumps everything on the ground. He's like, like twelve years old. That's old enough to you can just open the drawer. He goes out of his way to make yeah. a mess. Everything he does. Yeah. We don't we we don't know what the social norms are in this world. Everything is so different. <laughs> well, they never said what happened to his dad, so I assume his dad was killed by drawers. <laughs> <laughs> just, but I went with as soon as I saw that scene. Like, okay, this is cleanliness killed right my father. <laughs> <laughs> You won't get me, Dad. <laughs> he was uh, magic erased yeah. to death. <laughs> oh, that that was probably big back in two thousand three. I think that's probably when. The, let's. When did the magic erase drop? The dad. Uh, the dad died. He. Uh, he snarred, flottled his himble flarb to death. <laughs> oh man, you hate to see it. <laughs> Freaking classic way to go. What a. And that's a four oh nine, I believe. Oh god. And my wimble woober. <laughs> and the mom also has this sleazy boyfriend who's also the next door neighbor named Lawrence Quinn. Larry. Medicine Yeah, woman. Larry. Larry Quinn. <laughs> Which I kept I kept trying Medicine to think, woman. is there like a pun in there? But there's not, right? I think the kids no, just you know, so. close to Harlequin. <laughs> I think the kids just keep calling oh, him yeah. that to piss him off. Larry, you're not my dad, Larry. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Larry. Like I say, Alec Baldwin, like this is like still like super attractive. Alec Baldwin, like he he looks good in this yeah. movie. Like he he's not beautiful on the inside, but he's beautiful on the outside. I feel like this. Yeah, was, and he's really slumming in this movie. I feel like this was like what this was two thousand three. That was like season one of Thirty Rock, maybe like around that time. This is like I, I this is like two years before. 30 Rock. Oh, oh, wait, yeah. No, what am I that's thinking? That's starting like 06, 07. Oh. 
Here, I'm going to keep Google. I'm still looking at Magic Racer. <laughs> I gotta know. I don't know why I need to know, but I remember when the Magic Racer came out. It was like, oh my god, guys! Guess when the Magic Racer came out? Two thousand, two thousand three, right when this oh, movie came man. out. Oh my god! Inspired by the Cat in the Hat. That was going to be a product placement. <laughs> yeah, two years after nine eleven, we were in a weird place. <laughs> the end of the movie, there. So you're saying it wasn't? It, it wasn't in the film because it was just too dark to have it kill one of the main character's fathers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they didn't have the product. And man, uh, Luke was on the money. October eleventh, two thousand six, was the premiere of Thirty Rock. Ooh, wow! Well, I uh... it did feel that did feel like an early two thousands, like two thousand two, two thousand three, doesn't it? But yeah, Luke's right. I I, I always so Go I'm ahead. I'm guessing like Alec Baldwin was at an all time low after taking this role, <laughs> and that's why he's like, I got to get back. And then Thirty Rock came his way, like, oh, thank God, <laughs> thank God. But he gives his character his all. Like, you really believe, like his, like. The character's main thing is he wants to send Conrad to military school. He doesn't really, he doesn't really have a plan to get rid of the daughter, but no. he's like, he really wants to marry the mom and like just suck the money out of her. Cause we find out later that he's actually like wears like a girdle and he's super broke getting his TV repossessed, which is a scene <laughs> that actually did make me laugh while he's watching it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's uh there's two scenes that got me pretty good. Uh, that one got me to laugh, and we'll talk about it when we get there. But I also did enjoy the infomercial cupcake oh, yeah. scene for a few reasons. Even though it is all body horror, in the long <laughs> run. this whole film is, I would say, somewhere between body horror or the what goes awry when you sign a contract with a demon. <laughs> either either one of those it falls into. I do want to. Okay, I do want to put this out there now. Um, to kind of get the plot where we are, we were introduced to the Larry Quinn, who's a piece of shit. We all hate him. We're on board. The mom has to go back to work, but needs a babysitter last second, so she gets Miss Kwan. It, once again, it feels kind of bad that she's just a fat joke, but they don't really do a lot with her character, which once again is a shame. If you got Amy Hill, let her shine, man. That's a gym you got right there. So she comes to watch them. The kids are all fucking around. And she just imme- shit. She's she immediately asleep. falls asleep to uh, Taiwanese Parliament. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's interesting yeah. because apparently Taiwanese parliament, that's like, like fight starting is totally a real thing. It feels, it feels like a very yes. pointed political joke from so long ago. Nobody watching it understands it anymore. In a cat in the hat movie yeah. though. Like why would you have a joke about? Yeah, that's definitely mi- missing the wrong audience <laughs> right there. So yeah, she falls asleep. The kids are kind of messing around. And then that's when we're introduced to the titular cat in the hat. Almost 20 minutes into the movie. And he is, he is definitely phoning it in for this one. I could tell he, I mean, Mike Myers has a feeling to himself that he's very courteous and he's a very nice guy. So he was there. He showed up. He still wanted to do his part, but you could tell it's like an obligation. But he's like, well, well according to Amy already, Hill, so. like he would like not talk to anyone other than the director and then would like lock himself in his trailer or dressing room whenever <laughs> they weren't shooting. Yeah, he the, was not. In, uh, the Wikipedia, <laughs> the Wikipedia page yeah. makes it sound like Mike Myers was like an absolute tyrant on set and was like trying to direct all the actors himself and like making people like retake things that he didn't like and stuff so like it yeah he was supposedly had carte blanche over the director (laughs) over whether or not scenes were done it feels like he's like simultaneously like not invested at all and controlling the production with an iron fist which is (laughs) very bizarre yeah, and this is another weird thing too is that it was uh, directed by Bo Welch, and literally this is like one of the only. things It's the he only did. movie he did. Uh, Everything else was TV. Uh, before that, he like he did. A, he's he's a producer, so he's produced a lot of stuff. But as a director, he directed a few episodes of the live action Tick in two thousand one, which makes sense. Uh, and then, like a few years down the road in two thousand seventeen, he did a few of the episodes of a series of unfortunate events. Hmm. Yeah, I can uh, see which is that. actually a cool show. That was a good show. Very whimsical yeah. production design, yeah. too, similar to this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're introduced to the cat with the hat. We're almost to the point where we have to talk about something for a very long time. Well, I, I do want to mention, like I said, I watched this movie three times, and each time I forgot that the cat sings songs. He, he does like, <laughs> yeah, he kind of seems... like talk sings them mostly, but yeah. it, like I forgot about the songs every single time I watched the movie. <laughs> Was uh was anyone else really impressed that they just gave up on rhyming like immediately? Oh yeah, very <laughs> yes. quickly. As if to spit in Dr. Seuss's racist face themselves. Like, no, you can't have this. We're not gonna give you your rhymes, you sick little It's man. it's like the cat in the half it's like fourth line where it's like, Yeah, I'm not good at rhyming. 
yeah. <laughs> that's not what I'm known for. And it's funny to think like that is exactly what the cat in the hat's known for is it's stupid. Rhymes. I think the best part about the so, song lyrics and the fact that it sounds like he's giving up is that the lyrics were written by Mark Shaman, who's been nominated for like tons of awards and like wrote the lyrics for hairspray and like just done like a ton of stuff and then also the cat in the hat (laughs) sometimes you just gotta pay for lunch yeah it was like his crowning achievement like he actually thinks this is like his (laughs) his swan song this is his masterpiece he's got a little room in the back of his closet with all this cat in the hat merchandise (laughs) (laughs) they'll understand someday he can, can yeah, to keep... Can we talk about the cat's oh, voice for a minute and how like I yes. how I think one of the biggest reasons the cat doesn't work is because Michael Myers never really came up with a character for the cat. <laughs> oh no, he he came up with a character. He just took a pre existing one. I know we've all seen it. Tyler, do you know who Paul Lind is? Uh, oh Paul Lind, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I've heard that name before. <laughs> <laughs> he, he he does do oh. Paul Lind with like the laugh. But like other than that, like he's like a like like Jerry Lewis and Paul Lind had an ugly baby. <laughs> had an ugly furry. I mean, could they have any other Glavens? Because he sounds like like a, a less raspy coffee talk lady most of the time. <laughs> I want to say for all of our uh, Patreon users at home, we are going to put up this video of just Tyler Jackson very comfortably talking into this mic, which I'm really enjoying. Very much. <laughs> I, uh, I, I definitely have like um, sort of a theory about uh, what Mike Myers was going for with this. I think he's trying to do his own version of Genie from Aladdin. You know that like freewheeling chaotic yeah. spirit. The problem is that is that the cat in the hat is inherently as a character he's a dick. So like all of that freewheeling free associating stuff comes off as like super mean spirited and like aggressive. <laughs> he seems to be like completely yeah. uh malevolent character oh, yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> he's chaotic evil. Well, I mean, he is in a world he's he's in a world full of nothing but villains. Let's be honest here. There's no good character in this film. <laughs> they're all they're all terrible people. I feel like this is kind of a Junji Ito existential <laughs> uh, evil universe where all of the forces are coming together to punish these people for crimes they either did in this life or a past life. <laughs> and I can't decide that if this film is truly a masterpiece of body horror or once again, like I saying, a demon contract, because at this point, the cat in the hat has showed itself to the children and enforces them to fi- to sign a contract. He's a demon, <laughs> right? Like, there's no other way to look at it. Like, it, everything going on here says, like, extreme demon. Like, you, he, he comes up, he promises you a good time and fun, you have to sign this contract before reading it, and then he just breaks all hell on them right away. Especially those old guys that appeared behind yeah, him. Yeah, lawyers <laughs> who look who look like like yeah, lawyers it, from like a Looney Tunes cartoon. It's yeah, it's something about that whole like I'd say storyline that they did for this just makes it feel so ominous and frightening. Especially the fact that he has a uh, suitcase that goes into I would only describe as a Euclidean. <laughs> eldritch nightmare dimension that's slowly unleashed into the universse not it, even just a suitcase it's a whole a work of hp lovecraft that goes yeah. i don't <laughs> yeah, think they right. ever say this but it's supposed to be like the fun dimension which is where cat mad <laughs> is from yeah and it looks frightening <laughs> everything about it it's looks like an, scary. yeah there's nothing in it it's like an hr giger landscape of just like sentient goo <laughs> covering everything going down your throat like the liquid metal from the matrix yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Voluptuous ladies being absorbed into walls, turning into skeletons. There's the a pterodactyl movie. with a skull head picking some dude's intestines out while he's still alive. It's hundred yeah. percent. Concentrated fun. To fun. Fun to death. He was fun to death. Um, the yeah. the cat in the hat, like the whole lawyer thing. Uh, where he like makes them sign the contract and then everything is kind of undone later by the small print like has a very like dark like rumple stiltskin pied piper type vibe you know where if like they hadn't read the fine print and like learned a lesson like the cat in the hat was going to take all those kids from the birthday party and like death march them into the sea at the end of the movie he did always <laughs> seem to be ready to like to kill something <laughs> he was ready to kill the dog when the dog ran away 
He was ready to kill beans. <laughs> oh, beans. The kids hadn't stopped him. That was beans, yeah. right? He, the kid at the birthday party that was, was, but I was, I liked, I'm glad he showed up because before that, I kept thinking, like, he's not beans from Even Stevens. From what <laughs> movie do I know him from? Yeah, it's beans. <laughs> Barb recognized it right away. Um, also, I mean, we'll get but to I was talking about how the main kid looks like, kind of like beans, too. He does. Oh no! The, yeah, the one kid at the birthday party. Yeah, that. That's yeah, Beans. yeah. When Beans appeared on screen, yeah. I was like, "This I, yeah. movie has I, it I all." I never learned. <laughs> <laughs> I never learned the main character's name, but I kept referring to him as Lentils. <laughs> He's close enough. Yeah, yeah. Conrad. They they had kind of a fun ongoing joke of getting his name wrong every once in a while, but then it felt like a. Very <laughs> Excuse bit. me. Um, yeah, it was kind of like like um, I guess Conrad's kind of a weird name, but he was always like Condor makes sense, but like. He didn't ever call him Chlamydia, did he? That would have been something. That would have been funny. No, it feels in character that, for that, this movie, though. I, I agree. It would have been funny. It, it should have been in character for this movie. This, I can't even say that there's, there's like no structure to this story. It, it honestly just feels like flipping TV channels. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But like in not a fun way. Because, yeah, what, what, what happens? Okay, they sign the fun contract. Then immediately the first thing they're, they decide to do is like, Sally wants to make cupcakes. So they have to make cupcakes. Yeah, and that's this is the only the other scene that made me laugh, which was they do kind of like an infomercial bit. I was enjoying it and finding it funny because it's he's playing two characters. He's playing the stupid character that doesn't understand what's going on, another one that's the cat in the hat but with a Scottish accent. For some it's reason. how he would it's do Mike an Myers. SNL that's why he's got a Scottish accent. Yes, but he wants to kill himself, which I think is very <laughs> entertaining to me. And then he ends up chopping his own tail off. <laughs> And it, the the way they have the kids watching as audience members in the dark lighting and the setting, I'm like, this also feels very Lynchian. And I honestly mean that. That's not a joke. <laughs> like, this was at least early 80s, like, short film between projects. The cat in the hat, Lynch. just after they make the cupcakes, he just leans in and whispers, Silencio! <laughs> here's the thing we're we're saying this we're joking and having a good time but if he did that during that scene would any a of us single tear rolls down my face Absolutely i not. feel like no. did he not did he not whisper something to the version of himself that he kept threatening yeah that he's gonna yeah. kill him <laughs> just saying i will end you constantly which i, I did laugh at each oh time. and he was doing shrek during this bit yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. There's a little Shrek in there too. That's a good point. It's like Shrek, if he weren't a curmudgeon. Like, yeah. So we we get through the infomercial, and then they the the cupcakes come out terrible. They make a big old purple mess in the living room, and then the cat in the hat is like, "Hey, I got two helpers that can fix this right oh. away." All right, let's get into it. Thing one and two. Barbara walked by for the first time when I was watching this movie and saw them and just said, this looks terrible. This is a nightmare. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, right. It's like if completely it's right. It's like if you put demons and Marge Simpson in one of those teleporters from the fly and then you made it short. <laughs> oh, homie fly. It, it, it's, like, it's like if a pedophile wanted to build a forever boy, it would look like that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but it is a monkey's Brundle sure. thing one and Brundle thing two. <laughs> <laughs> Also, one of them was voiced Just, by Dan Castellaneta. Really? Which was very off-putting, because I kept hearing like a voice that I recognized from my childhood as one of these eldritch <laughs> horrors. <laughs> uh, who, let me see who played, actually. Uh, so, Daniel Schifrin and Tyler Rice's Thing 1 and Thing 2. Two gibbering troublemaker creatures. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Dan Castellaneta did the voiceover for them. Uh, they, they just they they also have them moving at kind of like an unnatural quicker speed yeah. than everybody else, which which gives them like a gremlins esque kind of presence on the film. Like it's just disquieting. Yeah, they're uh, meant to clean the apartment, but they kind of just immediately start going buck wild. So much yeah. to where Conrad and Sally have to get their twin dog catching nets out of the closet <laughs> in order to try and catch <laughs> them. Yeah, all the characters are awful. Even their dog in this film is just, like, such a little shit. Like, all the dog wants to do is just run away, and that's its only purpose. Hey, so, the, the, the the second time the dog ran away, it had a pretty legitimate reason, which it was scared of the sentient lock that was now around its yeah, neck. Right, screaming at it as two just, uh, frankly, demonic beings chasing around. So they I were guess playing I do football feel like with maybe him. the dog is the hero. 
Yeah. <laughs> and not like, uh, not not uh, even European football. This was American football, guys. Well, actually, no, wait. Soccer would have been worse because that means they would have been getting even hung around. So I guess American football. So we know thing one and thing two are American. Um, All right. <laughs> yeah, thank God. <laughs> No other, no other country should have to deal with people since <laughs> with them. So yeah, they 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 fuck around and it's getting worse. So the the dog gets loose and they well, it's all, it, uh, the early. the lock for the crate ends up around the dog's neck because Conrad was trying to pick the lock to the crate. Why was he trying to do that? Because he was told not to. That's that's literally yeah. the only reason. Just because. Yeah, yeah, because the cat in the hat. He he's like, hey, there's only one rule: don't fuck with this crate. I you don't know what Pandora's box is, and I'm not gonna make that reference, but it's that. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish somebody would have leaned over to Conrad and be like, hey, Conrad, don't write a better script for this film. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would have been nice. Uh, yeah, they also have a little byline too that the thing one and two also do the same thing where if you tell them to do it, they do the opposite. That comes into play later. It comes into play and later. Also, it should have come into play right then when they were still around thing one and thing two and they hadn't thrown the dog out the window yet. Yeah, they, they, they dumb yeah. as shit. <laughs> um, so the dog gets loose. They need to get the lock back onto the crate to the HP Lovecraft dimension. There's no other way to describe it. And then Larry sees that the dog's loose. And, like, his, I guess the way that he's, like, romanced their mom is that when their dog gets loose, he's always out there to catch it. And he sees that he can catch the dog and then also use this to be the final nail in the coffin to send Conrad off to military Yeah, school. but he calls what's-her-name to tell her, like, oh, the dog got Joan. loose again. I'm going to go grab it and instead of taking it back to your house, <laughs> which is right next door, and I can get into because I came in there earlier and stole a whole six-pack of beer and some food. But I'm going yeah. to bring it to you in the city. Doesn't make any sense. It's yeah, bad bring. The logic yeah. doesn't exact. Oh. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, the logic doesn't exactly follow, but I'm sure he's trying to imply it's like, well, obviously the dog's not safe with your kids. Let me bring it to you while you're at work so you can deal with this as another headache. Let me bring it to the office yeah. of your germaphobe boss. That's that's going to look great. <laughs> yeah. it's, this will go well. And why'd she have to go back into Sean? work? She's just fucking sitting there at her desk doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one thing this film does do a great job of is establishing how much of a capitalist nightmare this Very country Brazil. is. Um, so, props to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I forgot they're actually in Brazil. Again, yeah, we keep saying, like, avant-garde directors. If, like, someone like a Tim Burton or a David Lynch or an Alejandro Jodorowsky had made this movie... A Terry we keep making Cronenberg yeah. references this whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a Jermouche. <laughs> Who knows what will happen? The cat says three words and smokes a pack of cigarettes. Goes home. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, Ghost Dog is still one of the best films ever Ghost made. Ghost Cat. Um, and to get back to the plot, uh, the the dogs out and about, they're all goofing around to get it. They come across a birthday party that Sally wasn't invited to because she's a little <laughs> shit. No one likes her, and she's like, "God, I gotta stop being a little shit." And it's like her character moment. So uh, good for them for writing it. They they discover the cat, and I guess he can't be discovered by humans because if they see him, they too must sign his demon contract. Yeah. So he hides himself. As he wishes to spare their soul. He hides himself as a. They happen to have a black cat pinata that wasn't didn't look like yeah. a cat. It looked like a like a man cat. <laughs> it looks exactly like, like the cat. A, in the yeah, head. yeah, it's, yeah. It's fine. It's it's a furry pinata. It's it's two thousand three. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, this is when people still hated furries before realizing they're actually one of the best parts about uh, being online because they're one of the few people that actually do leftist takes and movements. Anyways, um, they start beating the shit out of the cat with their pinata sticks. How how quick, as soon as you saw him go up on the string, did you guys think he's going to get hit in the nuts? Like, what was the second that <laughs> crossed your brain? <laughs> I would expect it was the first hit, right? No, it was the last hit, but I was... I was like, as soon as he went up there, I'm like, he's going to get hit in the balls. And then it plays out where all the kids are hitting him. And then finally, even yeah. Steven's bean shows up with a big old head to do it. And, I, and hits him in the ball so hard that he goes to a different existence for a few seconds. Uh, once again, this this really does feel like an avant-garde art film. The, the ratings when we get to this movie is going to be interesting because I'm really, really curious how we're going to rate this film because I have so many feelings about it. They hit him in the ball so hard he goes to another dimension and he poops candy out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, in, in the other dimension, he imagined himself wearing a dress. I don't know if that was supposed yeah, to be yeah. like, oh, I'm nuded now. I, I It's 2003, so anything's fair game, I feel like, for what they were thinking when they wrote that. 
Or they're like, he's probably got a Bugs Bunny vibe where he enjoys cross-dressing. So maybe in his mind, that's what he's uh, doing. Good for him. You know what? I yeah. like that a lot better where cross-dressing is just his safe space. Yeah, it's how he feels good. It's how he feels empowered when he's not <laughs> making kids sign his dick. <laughs> so yeah, he they, the kids take his poop candy. He's freed to go about. They finally get the dog and track it down where Sean has picked it up. Or not Sean Hayes. I mean, that is weird. Why story. isn't Larry Sean Quinn Hayes the boyfriend? A... Like Sean Hayes already plays two characters. He's uh, the boss and the fish, which we haven't talked about because he doesn't this need to be the professor. Movie. Come on, yeah. It's too many... If you go to three roles, then it's just the nutty professor. You can't do that or Norbit. Also, Sean Hayes. I get he also feels like somebody who's kind of given his all for both the fish and the the Hank role. Anyways, yeah. Larry, the bad boyfriend, has gotten the dog. They have to create a diversion plan to get the dog from him, which it goes fine. We don't need to spend too much time talking about the giant pen joke. <laughs> I did um, like the giant but pen. Yeah. And him playing like a like a Freegan-esque kind of... Uh, I didn't character. like that, but the giant pen was funny. Yeah, the giant, the giant pen pen's funny. a classic bit. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love that the pen... Always great. Right on the side of the pen, it said, giant novelty pen that takes two hands to use. Yeah, like, the whole point <laughs> was that it would they would he would have to hand somebody the dog to use it, and I yeah I did enjoy that visual gag. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh we 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 get the dog back, then they have to rush home before the mob gets home. Uh, so they take the slow, which is a acronym for his car. They try to make a fuck joke, which is really strange for a kids movie yet again about the car's other acronym name. Um. <laughs> There's a whole speed chase. They summon the thing one and two to stop the the parents from getting. Home yeah, the there's time. a speed chase, but um, also when uh, the mom and Larry get pulled over, they're in like the middle of nowhere on the countryside. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's where is their house in relation actually, to the city? I don't remember them having to go through the country before. Well, I mean, it's a testament to the infrastructure and the economy they live in. It's truly sad that they could go directly home. But to save money from the tollways, they actually have to take the backcountry roads just because they're, they're trying to live. They're trying to, you know, pinch each of those pennies. Uh, she's a single mom feeding <laughs> two kids. It really It looks her. like the uh, windows um, background. It's just like green, like bright green hills. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like a, a random some, fiddler's green. <laughs> yeah, some big XP vibes. Um, there, there is um, a, a so, part of the chase earlier uh, that i would like to mention before they get in the car there's like a foot chase downtown and they go in these like phone booth things that descend into an underground nightclub for some reason <laughs> yeah. and there's like a big crowd of people dancing and they just randomly run into paris hilton oh right i forgot about paris hilton being in the <laughs> rave i think that's the only reason they went into the rave right because nothing else happens there uh, well, no, yeah. they, they set up that the cat, like, mixed up his hat with other hats. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, because there's a bunch of people wearing those giant Dr. Seuss hats down there. Yeah. But that, but that, I it, like to imagine. I mean, it sets, I guess they had to have that scene, even though it turns out he totally didn't. <laughs> yeah, no, they didn't have to have that up. scene at all. They just, they just wanted pointless celebrity cameo. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do like to imagine that is the dimension that all of those cat in the hat hats that were popular in the rural world in like 1996 and 97 all they all went there and they made their own kind of pocket dimension for them to be contained because it is it, too much power for one one human to oh wield. man it absolutely feels like the cat in the hat created that pocket dimension like when he shows up he's like a celebrity in there <laughs> and like <laughs> everybody's wearing his yeah. merchandise it's nice it's a uh, it's good except for the branding is important no matter what dimension or exists. <laughs> except for the one guy who's there because of where's waldo yeah <laughs> yeah i hate that fucker uh so yeah they, they they get home and this is when the fun dimension has been unleashed and uh it it, it, it does feel frightening it, once again it, it feels like a frightening well place. it feels it looks like ivan oozes cum bubbles <laughs> yeah that's right that does feel that yeah. way it all came back yeah it's it's also just terrible cgi like i feel like even back in 2003 this wasn't good yeah, you say that, but you also haven't been going through rewatching a lot of Common Rider series right now from 2016, <laughs> which is uh, I'm going to talk about that later <laughs> in the episode. I've been so flabbergasted by that that franchise's bad CGI. <laughs> Anyways, it's it is terrible. It's really bad. 
Um, and then instantly Larry shows up before the mom for some reason because of a diversion from the thing one and two. And he falls into the dimension. I honestly thought for a second they were just going to kill his character off right then and there, which would have been fine. They should have. <laughs> yeah. I would have liked that too. That would have been just, a very like uh, goosebumps sort of thing to do. He just, the villain yeah. dies. Drowns in ooze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His skeleton just shot out of the dimension at the end of the I will show. say, the quality of that, I wrote this down, the quality of that ooze he's covered with at the end of the movie, that was some good ooze. It's like any time, any time it touched ooze. itself, it would pull apart, it would make like a really big and gross streak. How, how bad of a day do you think Alec Baldwin <laughs> was having at the end of that shoot when he just had to wash it all off and just think about what he'd done? <laughs> <laughs> Just, Just remember, sad. Billy, this is paying for your summer home. <laughs> Can't wait to yell at my daughter. <laughs> She's going to get it so good. Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna let my daughter have it. <laughs> Can't wait to call her a fat pig on the phone. Uh, I, wish, I wish that wasn't a joke, what I just said, but that's real life. Hey, um, being, a, being a parent. Anyways. <laughs> good point. Uh, so, yeah, they, they I guess they get through the, the evil dimension of fun eventually i kind of wasn't paying well it, it forms like a cyclone the over the top of the crate and like uh, yeah. conrad has to grab onto his sally because she's being sucked up and then he's like he he can't reach to put the lock back on the crate while also holding her so he's like i gotta in order to save you you've got to let go of me not him saying in order to save you i've got to let go which is the way they should should have phrased it yeah but anyway i don't really I think the point of the scene is supposed to be that Sally like learned to trust him at that point, but it's, trust it's, has not really been a theme in the movie. It, it's it's some convoluted thing that's just supposed to call back to her being a, a quote-unquote control freak, because I guess she had a palm yeah. pilot. You gotta let go. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, he, he I, I guess, yeah, you're probably exactly right. That's probably why he said, you've gotta let go, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. But anyway, so was, yeah, uh, he gets to lock on yeah. to it. There was also a part yeah, in, gets the, the in the the dream world okay. where it like forms a log flume, and all three of them, Sally Conrad and the cat, ride Mrs. Kwan down it like she's the. I completely forgot like about them the going in oh, yeah. the log flume. The fun dimension. It's yeah. like they're like drowning yeah, they're like her sleeping body in goo. Her face is in the up- <laughs> is facing up. Her her face is up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But I mean, you got three people, and that's a lot of buoyancy you got to deal with. Still, regardless, they uh, they have a little joke about how it's a universal ride, and I did think to myself, like, oh, this could actually be a pretty fun ride if it was around two thousand three at Universal Studios. They uh, they've escaped the dimension, like we we're saying too, and then they have a real heart to heart moment where the kid fesses up to all of his crimes. And uh, basically, the cat comes through and is like, "You did it! You solved it!" After they yelled at him. Yeah, they do. They do the they whole like thing, the whole like, song. "Oh, we hate you! You got to get out!" And cat's yeah. all sad. Like, oh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's uh, I, nobody really feels bad for the cat at the point in this film because he's been such an asshole. But I think we're supposed to. We don't need to dissect that too much because he just comes in the second after that and starts helping them clean. Uh, we get another song that I. <laughs> it's to. uh. Um, Th- things are getting better by the Beatles by Smash Mouth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The ultimate cover. Great Smash Mouth cover. Yeah, I forgot that. Which this... I like. Didn't they also do yeah. Shrek? But they, that it was like a a monkey song mm-hmm. instead of a Beatles song. Yeah, I'm a believer. <laughs> yes, it was. Man, Mike Myers really had Smash Mouth in his pocket at this time, man. For anything he's they, working they on, they must have been a package deal. Was do you think Mike Myers was the unofficial eighth member of Smash Mouth? <laughs> Yeah, kind of like the the Beatles' fifth member that was Mike Myers' role in Smash Mouth. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that's uh, we're basically almost at the whole end of the film because they go through everything pretty quickly. The mom gets home; they have a real tender moment between the kids because the mom said earlier to the kids she doesn't want to be their mom. That was really weird. She only she only uh, said anyways, it to Conrad. It's just, singling out one kid somehow makes it worse, and I don't know why. He, he started it, but that's also like the worst justification for yelling at a kid. I, I will also say Dakota Fanning did a good job in where, like, because they the entire house is like completely destroyed before a cat comes and saves it, and yeah. uh, Conrad's like, "Oh, I, this is my fault. You go up to your room. I'll take the blame." But Sally's like, "No, we caused it together. I'm staying here." Like, very good acting for someone who's probably like eight years old at the time. 
Man, I hope she got to have at least a somewhat normal, healthy life after all that weird, like, attention in the early years of being a child actor. But I hope that for anybody who's put in that weird role. The girl um, who played Cindy so Lou yeah. Who in The Grinch, she's, like, in, in a band yeah. now. She's, like, a musician. Oh. oh I just, yeah, I said exactly that when I was researching it. It just happened upon it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the film's wrapping up pretty quickly at this point. The, uh, Larry comes back out covering the good, like we're saying, and gets rejected. Uh, it has that classic, this is always something that I think makes me feel kind of slightly uncomfortable, but so many movie plots were resolved in the early 2000s and 90s of the, the love interest that was bad or the kind of annoying person has a mental breakdown and just goes crazy and everybody's just fine with that. They're like, oh, they're insane now. Just let them run into the night and it's not our problem anymore. <laughs> Uh, real, real bad reflection of mental health in America. It's a very know. storybook ending, though, which I feel like the, the, the yes. kind of story this should have been. It's not, but it should have been that kind of story. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, so yeah, they they have the party, which goes by really quickly. They spend some quality time with the kids, jumping on the couch, which is kind of fun. And then uh, the cat in the hat walks off in the sunset with the two nightmare abominations. That and he turns out to be the narrator, which like, yeah, this movie had a narrator for some fucking reason. <laughs> yeah, there was two, there was two red flags right off the bat for this film, which is two different universal logo intros, always a bad sign. And then narration. So. Also, did anybody else think I kept thinking like at the party, like there was going to be one of the mom's coworkers was going to be Michael Myers, not in an outfit. And it was going to be like, oh, the mom's yeah. going to get with him. And he winks at the camera. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where it has the thriller ending Co- where it where he like turns to the <laughs> camera and it freeze frames. <laughs> <laughs> He's got cat eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so great. They all do an amazing choreographed dance after that. I just said choreographed. <laughs> Again, you get like a Steven Soderbergh on this project. You've got an interesting movie. <laughs> Yeah, but nah, he was too busy doing the Oscars last night instead. Fuck that guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically the end of it then. And it's like and they play another okay, Smash Mouth is... song over the credits. Yeah, we get we get a two for one, which is great. <laughs> I, this is the most exciting part. I think I've been looking forward to when we decided to watch this, which is the <laughs> rating. Uh, I'm gonna use. I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna just give it uh, one out of five cat turds in the cat in the hat's litter box. Um, five cat turds being the best film you've ever seen. One being the cat in the hat, <laughs> and I, I want to, I, 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 I want to give the rating to Tyler first. I feel like <laughs> I want to let the guests kind of go off this and tell me what you I, think uh, feel. I want to, I want to give this movie one and a half phallic hats, way way up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thinking yeah, about that mom. I don't think we've mentioned it yet, but yeah, there's a point early on in the movie where like the cat is talking about the mom and his hat gets longer and it's like boing oing 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 and uh and, and her the her the photo of herself on the mantle is like a fold out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he looks at I mean that's like just a, a center cool fold. <laughs> yeah i mean that's a mom that's confident in her body and i think that's good for kids to have that as an example of empowering yourself that is so. these kids they maybe look in the mirror they Luke. had a good powerful role model <laughs> a, a sexual empowered mom who just everybody was oozing one for <laughs> i give this movie one cat and two hats <laughs> <laughs> oh i like that wait a second that might be a bad rating because it's two hats for a cat to deal with they're both out of four nice <laughs> yeah. um it's uh it's not you know it's it's honestly more enjoyable than i thought it would be but it's not good (laughs) but it's like very clear like the the humor is like very pointed at adults a lot of the time in this movie Um, it is it it was a very like boomer directed movie like that specific generation i think boomers yeah like the infomercial parody is like very much like a throwback to like old 80s tv and a lot of the jokes he has and references are like very old like very dated references yeah totally yeah. i i noticed that as well it it's 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 a very bizarre affair i i feel like i'll jump on the the ratings train here and i'm gonna give this a a, a perfect two and a half cat turds out of five didn't didn't you already rate it no, I, I said one cat turd out of five, one being Oh, cat you were just describing the rating film. system. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
I just wanted to make, as always, I wanted to make it confusing <laughs> as possible. I see. But I feel like it is a, a perfectly down the road, five out of ten. I, I can't tell if it's a bad movie or a good movie. I was entertained by little things by it. The set design was really cool. But everything else about it was just really awful. But I don't regret watching it. So that's why I'm like going just down the middle. It. I'm going to be thinking about it for a while. I'm absolutely going to have night terrors about thing one and two just coming to rip my skin off while I can't move. And it will haunt me until I die. But I, I, I'm i going to say, eh, it, it, it was a film and I watched it and I enjoyed taking notes about what I was feeling. That's, that's my rating. Yeah, I'll give it a, uh, I'd say if you're watching it by yourself, two out of five. If you're watching it with others, three and a half out of five. So I think, or like if you get to talk about it, because like I was glad to watch this because I knew I get to talk about it here on the podcast. <laughs> Three and if a I half. like just watch this, because if I just watch this because I was bored, then I wouldn't have been angry. But like you know, I probably would have been screwing around on my phone most of the time anyway. Yeah, like that. you said, I, I wasn't as it didn't upset me as much as I thought it would. But it's also the movie's twenty years old at this point. Yeah, you you bring up a great point though about us doing this podcast and watching this movie. If you just watch this movie out of the blue in like the year twenty twenty one, it'd be so weird just to bring it up to somebody of like, man, I just watched Catman <laughs> last night. And that movie was bonkers. <laughs> like because it, it's such a weird movie, you wouldn't be able to watch it and not talk about it with a friend. But also, <laughs> who wants to hear about? I'll be like, <laughs> like just phrase it by, I finally got around to watching the Cat in the Hat. <laughs> I'm gonna do that tomorrow to someone. Absolutely. You can oh, skip man. it. Yeah. I think that just leaves Martin then. Uh I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give this movie a, a thing one out of thing two. Uh oh. <laughs> nice. I ultimately I like the I like the set design like a lot. Like the way the movie looks, it looks like someone tried to color correct like a Tim Burton movie and fucked it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good way to put I, it. I think this movie is definitely better like sound off just in the background i was not upset with it mainly because i was just so confused the entire time like it keeps you guessing you don't you don't know where this you don't know where this movie is going <laughs> it's a real whodunit yeah it really does feel like at one point it's like is, is are one of these kids gonna die <laughs> like like so so much of what we usually watch is just like it it makes us fucking bored or we're, we're just it's a fucking slog to get through and this, like, I, I thought it was a relatively quick watch. Like, I didn't have a great time with it, but, like, I was, it didn't feel like an hour and a half to me. Oh, it's like, it's like 78 uh, minutes yeah. long with credits. Yeah, I, I, I was happy with the length, and I agree with you, it does, like, it doesn't feel longer than it is. Also, uh, to, to fucking jump onto that boomer humor, I think the fish does at one point refer to the cat as socks. So they just got to get those Clinton jokes in there as quickly as possible. Oh, and, and he does, the fish also at one point says, oh, my cod. Oh, and God. Like, yeah. I, it was clearly just there for, like, the trailers. You love to see it. Because it's like it, it, yeah. him coming out of the toilet and saying, oh, my God. You absolutely love like, to see I just can't believe, like, this movie made that pun not funny to me. That pun <laughs> usually always makes me laugh, but not in this movie. <laughs> If there's if there's one thing I know about Luke is that if you get a fish pun in there, he's gonna laugh. So that really is a. Anytime I've worked with Cod in the kitchen, I'm always like, "Oh, Cod!" <laughs> and everybody just a rip roaring time. It's sad. It's sad when you see it not fire. I also wrote spill. this down before we get to the uh, stupid games stuff. Uh, anybody noticed that when Cat uh, would walk, his walk was kind of like the weird walks from the Titans and Attack on Titan. Oh yeah! Oh man, I can't unsee that. He, he would funny. walk like his butt was clenched and like waving his hands in front of him. Oh my god! Wait, is, is Cat in a Hat just a cat? Is it? Is it just a cat type? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, it's a cat type. Like has speech. It's a cat. Like, cat Jew. Okay, we like need the, to. We need the, to get into the stupid game section right away. Stupid games. Okay, because I want to just caveat. I want to do a what's the deal with these kaijus? What's the deal with these kaijus? We haven't done it in a while. I'm going to blast you off with something new. I'm not debating if the cat in the hat's a kaiju. I'm debating if this is the perfect <laughs> kaiju. If every kaiju before this has been an embarrassment compared to the cat in the hat. Because it covers so many frightening bases. 
I mean, just like to think about the, I mean, now that I'm aware that is also a cat Titan on, on top of everything, when it's first introduced, they literally scream it's a monster and it just confirms that it is. It signs a contract once again saying it's a demon. I think it's like, it is the apex kaiju is the cat in the hat. I'm, I'm going over the list of past kaijus that we have. And honestly, I can't pick a single one of these that would be able to beat the cat in the hat in like a, in a matched fight. It has powers over reality. Like, how do you fight that? <laughs> Like, you can't. All right, we're we're back after having the intense discussion about the cat in the hat being an apex predator. <laughs> after a cat, a cat in real life came by and knocked out your cord as if to confirm our suspicions. So the secret was out. The, overall the yeah. proverbial cat was out of the bag, if you will. Which they did make that joke once in the film, which is like props to them. It had to happen. I get it. Like, you know, absolutely. But yeah, I I, want to add just if we need to make a new uh, entry for the what's the deal with this kaiju list, Apex Kaiju, Cat in the Hat, no other kaiju can beat it. And I almost want to bring up discussions in the future if there's anything (laughs) that could. I don't I honestly don't think they're good. Even if you brought out like an Elder God, since we're talking HP Lovecraft so earlier, like a Cthulhu, like he has certain ways he can warp reality in our dimensions from all the writings and books i've read about him the cat in the hat just warps reality however he wants instantly like he could take down a cthulhu like there's no doubt about this truly inspired by the evil and awful powers that he has it, it's it's a real thing i um, some i wanted oh, sorry. Okay. uh something that i was thinking about is the fact that the cat in the hat is like that's not a you know that's not a name that's a that's just describing what it is and then i was thinking maybe it's called the cat in the hat it's like well yeah you're a cat in the hat but what's your real name and he's like it is unpronounceable my true name is in the elder tongue and if you spoke it it would rain destruction down upon the people of earth and then you just do that oh yeah laugh there whatever that he did in the film no he would he would do the paul Lynn thing like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, okay, you know what? I'm gonna be honest with you now. That would have been a really great joke. So they should have done it. I wanted to do another game too before we get to recommendations and plugs, which is um I wanna do a who in the fuck is Ron Canada. Yeah. Ron Canada You were the judge in Ted too. We love you. And we hope our guest will too. Uh, I think it's been a bit since we've had Tyler on as a guest. Always great to have him back. But we recognize this one actor named Ron Canada, who's been in over 200 acting positions and roles because he's a working actor, fantastic person. Might remember him as the judge in Ted 2. I'm doing a new section that is uh, Who in the Fuck is Ron Canada? Uh, guest starring Amy Hill because I decided to look up Amy Hill's acting credits and she's had over 100 acting credits over her oh, wow. life, um, which is great. She's she's anything you put her in is going to be really fun. But she's done a lot of bit parts. So I wanted to I wanted to propose to you and which one of these reboots has Amy Hill starred in uh, as an actor because we've had a lot of series that have been pretty famous over the years and then been rebooted. So I want to present you three here, and you pick which one you think that she was in for a reboot of a series. Was she in the recent reboot of Magnum P.I.? Was she starring as a bit actor in the recent reboot of Hawaii Five-0? Or was she in that recent reboot of that god-awful The Night Stalker, uh, which was a Kojak reboot, too? I'm going to guess Hawaii Five-0. Nice. Feeling pretty good. Uh, that, I'm going to guess Magnum P.I., because you put two Hawaii things in there, so it's got to be one of those. Nah, nah, it's gotta be the other one. I'm gonna go for Night Stalker. Alright, well guess what? We actually have two winners this time. I decided to do some real gotcha journalism. She is both in the reboot of Magnum P.I. and the reboot of Hawaii <laughs> Damn it! The only loser is Martin, so let us all shame him right now. Just you know, she's him. also, anytime I mean, there's a woman with like a stereotypical Asian accent in a cartoon, it's usually her. It's really. I don't know how I feel about that because she is of Asian descent, so it's like, could they're casting for it at least? That's a weird one to think about. But yeah, she was also um, the I first mean, thing she... I ever saw her in was, was this horrible, 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 disgusting Comedy Central series uh, called Strip Mall. 
Oh, I and, forgot about that. And she, those were the early days. Yeah, of she played one of the le- the lesbian couple that ran the laundromat. Bad yeah, show. Yeah, very bad show. Nothing really good going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's had so many cool roles. If you ever look over, like she was even in Spider Man Homecoming for a brief uh, scene as the moderator for when they're having the debate. Um, yeah, great actor. I'm gonna put her in the same pantheon as Ron Canada. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Uh, she's 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 yeah. getting work. And you know what? She's still working too at the age of sixty-seven. We, you know what? All the listeners at home, we just want to let you know we love you, Amy Hill. <laughs> get it out there. Uh, let's uh, let's get to get old plugs and recommendations. Recommendations. Um, I feel like I've been kicking it off right away. If anybody has anything they want to plug or recommend or both, go for it. I will open the floor to whoever has got something burning in their pocket. Uh, I recommend Progressive Rock. I've been listening to a lot of Progressive <laughs> Rock in the last couple of days because I finally broke down and got a Spotify. It, it's oh, it's nice, nice oh, being yeah. able to listen to individual songs that you want to listen to without having to pull up YouTube. And if YouTube, like... It won't play like if unless you keep your phone open. So Spotify doesn't have that problem. But yeah, I've been listening to a lot of ELO and King Crimson. Yeah, ELO is still one of my favorites, and you can't ever forget the classics like that. But you know, there's also more famous mainstay ones we shouldn't look back on and uh, feel shame. I think Super Tramp's still a good. I like time. Super yeah. Tramp. You know? I like I like like three quarters of their stuff. Yeah. I mean, you get Breakfast in America, great album. You can go down a few others, and you're you're still pretty good. But yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff mm-hmm. there too. Ain't gonna lie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If only the band was progressive <laughs> rock, because that would be a good joke to go yeah. from there. But they are absolutely not. That's definitely American or Americana mm-hmm. rock. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess I'll I'll jump on to uh, plugs after that. Um, I've I've been talking about a little bit. I've been doing some research for a comic of watching a bunch of old uh, uh, Satsu shows, which is like Power Rangers and all that. I decided to go through a bunch of Kamen Rider shows because it's a series I always kind of liked but never really watched. And on uh, if you guys have Pluto, which is like a free streaming television thing, I always recommend people get Pluto because you can like watch a bunch of Mystery Science Theater 3000 for free. They have one that's just a station that plays tokusatsu shows, and uh, they play uh, Kamen Rider Kuga on there all the time. And uh, excellent show. I mean, like, I, I watched a bunch, and they're all really awful, but that is one that stuck, like stood out, and I almost watched the whole thing and really enjoyed it. It's kind of got this weird dark tone from the early 2000s, but really well shot and a good story. Um, and I got excited to check out all of their shows, and uh, they're all, after that, pretty bad. <laughs> just really... the. The animation, like the computer animation they use for like quick shots or scenes they need to do in Kamen Rider Kuga are done pretty quickly and not abhorrent or horrible to watch because they they realized how bad their CGI was. I don't know if they ever got a better budget for the series because they're still making new Kamen Riders all the way in like 2020. And the CGI honestly looks just as bad as it did in 2000 still. And I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with that. I'm really confused. (laughs) Maybe that's like what people like about it. I, it might be the appeal. I mean, there is a certain camp oh. factor you can't deny. I mean, like the original Kamen Rider itself in 1971, it, it's super campy, but it is really fun to watch those mm-hmm. two, which they play on the, the Tokusatsu channel on Pl- or Pluto all the time, too. So, yeah, I recommend checking out that channel and also checking out Kamen Rider Kuga. It's on. It's all on free online at uh, Shout Factory, because I also found out Shout Factory puts all of their licensed shows on free on their website, which is pretty oh. cool. So It's real neat. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Uh, this might be coming out a little bit for plugs. I think, uh, who knows what's going on? Who cares? <laughs> still getting out of it. Pandemic's still really confusing. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I got a recommendation and I can make a plug. Yeah. Uh, I got this weird book last week that I would like to recommend. It's called Cantaloupe. Uh, C-A-N-T-A loop. And uh, it's it's uh it's like if an old school monkey island style point and click adventure game was a book it's very interesting it's very funny there are like achievements that you can get and like you collect items and unlock things i got an achievement in it that said like congratulations you're going to hell after i 
went to a church and I kept taking coins from the collection box and going up to the roof of the church and throwing them off the roof. And I did it like three <laughs> times in a row. And the game was like, all right, no more, no more coins for you. It's a book. It's a, it's a book. It's, it's a, a spiral bound book. And it comes with like a deck of like 60 cards that represent, you know, items and endings and stuff. And there's like a checklist. Like after you get, you hit certain points in the story and you like check certain boxes and then when you're like reading the book it'll like ask you if you've like unlocked certain things and if you have then you read certain passages so like you you can't get to think certain things until you combine items in the right way it like it works uh it's very complicated to explain but it works surprisingly yeah. well and it's it's very funny like much funnier than i expected it it's, to be it's like a very much choose your own adventure yeah, kind of. Very very much recommended for anybody that, you know, loves like Monkey Island or Day of the Tentacle or Sam and Max or anything like that. Oh, that I'm sure you can give that a look. Yeah, or The Dig. The Dig. <laughs> Grim oh, that's Fandango. A, that's a real deep cut. Also great. <laughs> um, so that's my recommendation, Cantaloupe. Uh, it is published by Lookout Games, if that helps you find it online. Uh, plugs, I am going to be in... Uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, headlining at Planet of the Tapes, uh, June 4th and 5th. So if you're around there, uh, I'll be in Indianapolis the next day, June 6th, um, doing some live comedy, finally. (laughs) Cool, yeah. That's, uh, this episode should be up before that. It wasn't. So that'll work pretty well for anybody listening who might be in the area. And then also, like, yeah, I think that's when we're going to be starting pressure open mic up again in some June. So who cool. knows, man? I'm, I guess uh, I'm ready for it. Who knows? I, I don't Planet know. Of the, Planet, of the ta- Planet of the Tapes is a pretty cool place, too. I've been there before. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's like a a bar slash comedy theater slash video rental store. Yeah. And like everything, <laughs> everything is VHS tape themed. And uh, the people that run it are great. Uh, all the people that work there and perform there are great. I I, I love it. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Man, just going places. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Blowing my mind thinking about being in a store. And then, yeah, I think that's just uh, Martin, if you got anything you want to recommend. Oh, yeah. Uh, fucking play play crazy taxi and, and listen to ron funches <laughs> <laughs> that's a great combo right there you know what i have to have a good time you know way. what i have to say about those recommendations uh uh yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> there we go. oh man what a great game well i think that uh that takes us to the very end of the episode and um as always we're gonna oh, do man. it man. i think we're gonna do it right are you, are you yeah. Ready? Oh, yeah i'm ready all right, three, two, two, one. two one. You're, You're gonna, gonna like, like the, the way, way I fuck. Way I, fuck. I, I, I guarantee it. it. I feel like I feel like I know it's the we, but we got in our head last time with the I, and then I did the I. This I way. It's always the I. It's always it's always the I. It is the way I fuck. So I was right, and you guys were wrong. I'm writing down the And when I get it right, I'm gonna send it to my mom and be like, "Look, mom, I finally achieved We regret that you have not yet complied with our order. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. The words get stuck in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>